0: I use the saw to split the pelvis, and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity, and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out. Right, so uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple, very easy, and the the knife is sharp. And uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So. Um, Take a look at the Razer Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today I'm talking to Paul McCann. How you doing, Paul?
2: I'm doing great.
1: Good, good. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad to talk some fishing. Uh, the weather's warming up and just makes me ready to get out there, so it's a great time to talk about it. Um, well, Paul, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Uh, we live here in Oklahoma City, and our, our name of our company is Okie Flipper, and we're, mm-hmm. we operate uh, out of our home. Our business is here. Our shop is behind the, the business that where we actually manufacture them. Um, we started building Okie Flipper a couple of years ago. We started just for ourselves because they were no longer available. Um, so we were able to, we had the equipment and everything in our shop that we could manufacture them. So we started building them just for ourselves and then created quite an interest in them. People remember the jugs by Bert and nobody knows why they just quit all of a sudden. I was able to find out. But um, as soon as we started putting them on uh, Facebook and eBay and places like that, um, we got quite an interest in it and it, has grown enormously from there. Um, we do ship them all over the country. Um, everything is built right here in Oklahoma City. Um, we try our best to use American-made products like our hooks or Eagle Claw and our swivels come from a place in Florida. And, you know, it just – we try to keep everything made in, in Oklahoma or the U.S. Nothing is Chinese. <laughs>
1: awesome. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, well, before we get too far into that into the product itself, uh, I want to take a step back real quick. And um, just for, you know, in case somebody's listened to this and they've never heard what we're talking about, uh, can you give us just a quick rundown of what is jug fishing?
2: Jug fishing, the way uh, the Oklahoma game wardens uh explain it or they it's a floating device with a single line going down it can either be anchored to the bottom of the um, lake with a weight or it can actually float along the lake with a current um, ours are made to where the anchor at the bottom of the lake I mean, they're made with a one pound weight um, jug fishing is you know a lot of people a lot of people look down on jug fishing, and it's usually the ones that are, you know, with the $90,000 boats. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's really a lot of fun because we can drop the, the jugs in the water and go play around with the grandkids or whatever for a couple of hours. Then we come back and we check them. Um, we pull the fish off and rebate and put them back in. And people all over jug fish. I mean, it's not... Just something they do in Oklahoma they mm-hmm. do it everywhere mostly in the in the central part of the country at, back to the east mm-hmm. once you get out west the fish are different they're mm-hmm. you know trout and things like that they don't do jug fishing mm-hmm. um the jug fishing is always been popular it's been around it started out using uh, you know milk jugs or um just you know whatever my dad was a plumber and he used the little floats out of the back of the toilets So, um, you, you just use whatever you had, Mm -hmm. but you have to be careful using jugs that have, you know, antifreeze that's been in them or some type of chemical. Um, because that's, you know, you, you say, well, I wash it out. Well, you never really get it all out. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things don't need to be in our lakes. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason that we feel like our product is, you know, eco friendly. And there are other, there are other products out there that, that are too, like the, um, noodle jugs. And then there's a couple people that build something similar to ours, but, um, they're not just like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it, I mean, people jug fish, they trot line. Um, it's just a different way of catching. And most of what you're going to catch is catfish mm-hmm. because they're made to set the hooks are close to the bottom, not always on the bottom, but mm-hmm. close. And catfish are typically bottle dwellers, you know, but, um, you do catch other things sometimes, mm-hmm. but.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. My, so my dad actually was a huge jug fisherman growing up. That's one of his only hobbies was, uh, was jug fishing. And he took me out when we were in high school and we, we went to Texoma Cause that's where you catch the big fish, you know, according to him. And, uh, I remember we were pulling our jugs on time. And we had a, uh, uh, I guess a whole school of stripers came through and we caught like six stripers and, mm. uh, he was talking about how we needed to throw those junk fish back. You know, we were, <laughs> we were going for the catfish. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, and you know, his go, like you're saying, you can use anything. His go-to was uh Gatorade bottles. Like the, no, yep. not the small ones, but kind of the bigger ones. Right. Uh, and so we'd set 30, 40 jugs in, uh, in a set with all Gatorade bottles and mm-hmm. he'd, he'd spray paint them. I think they're supposed to be white. So he'd spray paint them and, uh, he'd even fill some of them with foam in case they, you know, got a hole in them. But, but yeah, that's, right. that was his go to. So
2: Texoma is a great lake for jug fishing. Mm-hmm. The majority of what we manufacture goes to the Texoma area. Mm. Now we're, we ship them up into Kansas and places like that. But they use them down in Texoma. Tex, uh, Chances is is one of the few states, well, there's probably several, but it's one of the states I know of that doesn't allow jug fishing or they're very, very strict on how you fish with them. Mm. Um, But here, Oklahoma and Texas, it's, it's a big deal. Mm. A lot of people jug fish. They're everywhere. I mean, you Mm. go to the lake and they're, they're just everywhere. So. Mm It's not something new. It's been for a while.
1: Right, right. Awesome. Well, one last quick question before we kind of dive off into your product and describe it. Uh, and you mentioned that, you know, some people float the jugs, some people weigh them down. Uh, can you give us a little just rundown of why a person might do one or the other?
2: Well, sometimes people like to put their jugs in the water and let them float. It 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 would be the same thing as if you were drift fishing in in a boat, and they will put them out so they can kind of float with the current, and they're not sitting in one spot. They just kind of drift through the channel or drift, you know, across the lake or whatever. Um, there are I have seen a few out like that, but they're not just overly popular. Sometimes you see them in, in rivers, but um, you have to really keep an eye on them because. Mm-hmm. It won't be long, they'll be out of sight, you won't be able to see them. Mm-hmm. But, um, ours are made to, uh, anchor to the bottom. And the way they're made is when a fish gets on and, and tugs and pulls, a line and comes off one side of it and it flips over to red. Well, if it was a float, if you use it as a floating, um, it, it probably wouldn't work as well as it does if it's anchored on the bottom. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right.
1: All right, well, uh, let's dump. Let's uh, sorry, dump, let's jump into your product. You've described it a little bit, but why don't you tell us what uh, an Oki Flipper
2: is? An Oki Flipper is a styrofoam disc. It's nine inches in diameter and two inches thick, and it has a groove cut around the outside edge for you to wind your line up. Um, each jug comes with seventy feet of line, and it comes with two hooks, two swivels, four beads, two liters, and a one-pound weight. For the bottom of your main line. The hooks are not put on the main line because I put them on different places and people, or a lot of people add more. You can add up to five hooks in Oklahoma. You can add up to five hooks on a jug line. Um, I satisfied with just two. It's enough to keep up with. So, um, and then when you're through, you can wind it up around the uh, groove. And bring the weight back over the edge and there's a little pocket machined out of the styrofoam that the weight just sits right in. And then they store in a five gallon bucket. You can put six of them in a regular five gallon bucket. Some, some five gallon buckets are a little taller and you can get seven in them. But, uh, and then uh, some people don't have room in their boat for buckets. I don't. I keep them underneath a, a seat that runs across the back of the boat. But the, the bucket deal that we have is called a starter kit. It's very, very popular. We that's probably the biggest way we sell our jugs is the starter kit, which mm-hmm. is six jugs, six storage bands, and a five gallon bucket with our logo on the side.
1: Nice, nice, very nice. And um I mean I love the the idea of wrapping it around the foam itself. You know, that's I think anybody who's done jug fishing, they know that what you're, whatever you're supposed to do with the string, like that's always the hard part, you know. Right, if right. You, Like I said, we used to use Gatorade jugs, and you'd wrap it around, but the string would always come off, and, and the hooks would be flopping around. So, Right. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, just real quick, I know you just described the product, but like what are kind of the, some of the the big features that set it apart from, say, a Gatorade jug or, you know, a laundry detergent jug, something like that?
2: Well, the, the main thing that Okie Flipper has that other jugs, don't have is the the way they're designed is when you bait them and drop them in the water and you set them yellow side up and the way the line comes over the side of the, the disc and go down in the water, a fish will come up and pull on it and it flips to red and it lets you know that you have a fish on or your bait's gone. So, but they work very, very well. Usually if they're red, there's a fish on there mm. So that's what sets us apart from, you know, a Gatorade bottle or anything is the fact that ours indicate when you have a fish on. Mm -hmm. And usually if it's yellow, you don't need to bother it. Mm -hmm.
1: Nice. And so it's sensitive enough that if, you know, a fish comes up there and pulls on it, takes the bait, it's going to go ahead and flip it to let you know you need to rebait?
2: It will. And you, the way you set them up is when you drop them in the water, you put, you raise up the jug to about three feet above the surface of the water and bring the line over to the top of the jug and wrap it around the little rosette and pull up the line and you drop it over the side. And by giving it that three feet of space, that way it doesn't flip over prematurely when a boat goes by with a Mm. wave.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. So now that we know what a oaky flipper is, let's talk about just jug fishing in general, if that's all right with you. Yes. Um, so if you're going to go out and set some jugs, what are some some conditions you're looking for? You know, weather, um, where you're going to put them. Uh, you know, how do you decide where you're going to put your jugs?
2: Well, a lot of people probably won't agree with me, but I don't like going out into the water uh, on a lake when the water's rough. Mm-hmm and uh and so we we typically go out when the wind's not blowing and um not blowing bad but it just makes it harder to put the jugs out and to set the jugs and pick them back up when the wind's blowing really hard i usually run the boat my wife is in the front and she does all the stuff with the jugs so um but when we usually go to a lake um it, we we usually take enough jugs that we can maybe put them in two or three different places. Mm-hmm. You're in Oklahoma. You're allowed 20 jugs per person, so we rarely take that many. Mm-hmm. But anytime you have a a shelf in, in a, in a, that's on the bottom, um, and you can usually tell with a debt finder. You don't have to have a you know a three thousand um, dollar fish finder. Mm-hmm. You just you can read the bottom, and you can tell when there's a shelf or something. And you put the, you let Set the jug right along the edge of that shelf. Hmm. Sometimes you can put them in a channel, but usually it's right up on the shelf. Hmm. You have a feeder, uh, or like an um, inlet or something that comes into the lake. You can put them right there along that where that meets the main body of the water. That usually is a, is a pretty good place too. We go to mainly go to one lake. It's, um, it's up by Stillwater. It's, Hmm. uh, Carl Blackwell. And we go enough that we know exactly where to put the jugs mm-hmm. so that we get fish. It's not like Texoma, where you're capable of getting a 60- or 70-pound fish. Mm-hmm. But most of the fish are, you know, 3 to 10 pounds, which mm-hmm. is a good size to eat. Mm-hmm. And um, we usually, depending on the water temperature, depending on, um, you know, what the weather is outside, whether it's been raining, it's cloudy, or whatever, all those things are a factor And how the fish is going to bite? Um, They typically bite better first thing in the morning and late in the evening. Um, So uh, you just have to be prepared to run them near dark and be able to get in um, to your to the boat ramp or wherever. Because after the sun goes down, it gets a little difficult if you don't have markers. But um, you just you and you can fish with just about anything, any kind of bait. um, I may be getting ahead of myself here, but... That's uh, it. um, We, we, 90% of the time, we use shrimp. Um, Sometimes we use uh, goldfish, we use perch. Um, Some people use hot dog weenies, soaked in um, Kool-Aid and garlic powder. mm -hmm. I mean, that's, a lot of people think that's great. I've never done any good with that. Um, But probably the all-time best thing to jugfish with would be live shad. Mm-hmm. And live shad is considered a gang fish in Oklahoma, so you can't buy them. Mm-hmm. The only way you can get them is you can, you have to catch them with a throw net. And Carl Blackwell is one of the few lakes in Oklahoma that throw net is not allowed. Mm-hmm. But they they are allowed in Texoma. Every striker guide, in Texoma has a throw net because mm-hmm. that's what they fish with. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a It's a great bait. I mean, it's. you ask anybody that's caught great big fish, and I have customers that send me pictures of 60- and 70- and 80-pound catfish. They catch them on shad, live shad, not frozen shad, live shad. Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I want to back up just a second. When you were talking about, uh, you know, like the plateaus and stuff, so you're are, you're setting the jugs on the top side or off the edge?
2: No, on the top side of the ledge.
1: Top side. You just solved a uh, solved my problem. What I've been doing wrong? There you go.
2: <laughs> Fishers, catfish are not always setting on bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, we, my wife and I are scuba divers and have been for almost fifty years. So, <laughs> and we when you're down, you can see, we always dove around 10 killer, and there were some very large fish in 10 killer, and you didn't always see them at, you know, sitting on the bottom of the lake. They could be in 20 feet of water. Mm-hmm. They're sitting near the bottom, but it's in 20 feet of water, so, um and they don't, they don't move around a lot. Sometimes they're kind of opportunity fit. you know, you had the fish at, the, the bait has to be almost right in front of them before they'll move and go get it mm-hmm. so um that's the reason a lot of people like a live bait whether it be shad or cat or uh, goldfish or perch or whatever because the bait will move around a little bit mm-hmm. um but it's, it's it has a large part of it just preference you know? yeah
1: huh. so again to going back to my dad because he taught me everything i know about jug fishing he um Uh, Another lake that we would go to a lot. Uh, he remembered before the lake was there, you know, like he, he knew where all the creek channels and fences and all that stuff were. And, uh, so he was always looking for the creek channels and we'd always set them, you know, or try to set the jugs right in the middle of the creek channel. And so, uh, but yeah, now I'm wondering if we basically should have been moving them over 10 or 15 feet
2: to the bank. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we catch, we catch a lot of nice fish in six feet of water. Uh, I've got jugs that are set up where the. I typically set my jugs up where the first hook is four feet off the bottom. The next hook is eight feet. Uh, I mean, another four feet. So that gives eight feet. But the ones I rigged for shallow water are only two feet off the bottom and then two feet to the next jug. Um, and sometimes that's where they are. I mean, it, it's really exciting to start putting your jugs out. And you've already put out five or six, and you look back and they're all red already. Yeah. So, and then you get up. I had a customer tell me that he pulled up. He had him in Texoma, and he get up. He got right up next to the jug to reach down and get it, and it went completely out of the water. He out mm-hmm. of sight, couldn't see it. And you know, he knew it was going to be a big one, and mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. and it was. But um, typically, people that catch great big fish, like sixty and seventy pounds. They raise them up and take pictures with everybody, and then they let them go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I think that's what I would do too if I've <laughs> never caught one that big. But yeah. I don't think they taste as well. Right, right. But, you know, I, up to about twenty pounds is what most people say they um, keep to, um, you know, for to eat. But <laughs>
1: I gotta ask, you said you put 70 feet of line on your jugs. Have you ever set them 70 feet deep?
2: I have not. The deepest I've ever set mine, I believe is about 40. Mm. And that was when we went to Lake Hall, I mm. believe. I have never, I mean, I've been to several lakes around mm. Oklahoma, um, but I, I've never gone to Texoma. Texoma is a big lake. Yeah. And if, where you're going, when the sun goes down, you can get lost. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and not only that, but the, you get out in the middle of the lake and you're, or in the lake and the mm-hmm. wind gets up, mm-hmm. you, you'll think you're on the ocean. Oh, I yeah. mean, just the waves are just very, very large. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't personally go to Texoma, but it, it is a great job fishing wave. Yeah.
1: I was just wondering if you put that, in, you know, I wasn't sure if that was the secret to catching a Volkswagen to size catfish. If you had to be 70 feet deep, so.
2: Well, you know, we have people in Texoma that request 120 feet of light on them. Mm. And I, I do that with no extra charge. They just got to tell me Mm -hmm. and I'll wind them up and, and, um, some of them want to, want me to put extra hooks and swivels and now, you know, they pay extra for that, but Mm -hmm. good, good customers and we have some great customers. Um, they, they call us back time and time again. Unfortunately, Texoma and, and even Ufala and, and, Thunderbird up here, um, they're having a real problem with people stealing jug, not just the tiger mm-hmm. type, but anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these striper guides are losing them out of their boat mm-hmm. at an alarming rate. Um, mm-hmm. and not just jug, they steal their rods and reel and everything. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's getting to be real, real problem, mm-hmm. but, uh, and they call us up and order another, you know, twenty or thirty or whatever they need. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: And it's sad to hear. Uh, but uh, but I appreciate you giving everybody a warning. So if anybody's yeah. listening, you know, lock your stuff up. So.
2: you know the the main thing that people when you when you buy the fish and jugs you need to you need to know what the rules are. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people put jugs out; they don't put their name on. Them. And mm-hmm. a ranger will come by, and he looks at it, and there's no name on. It. He'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. You need to have your name, you need to have your address on there, mm-hmm. and um, that will keep the ranger. From, they won't keep it from getting stolen. Yeah, but it'll keep it. You know, the ranger from picking them up. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, and and the other rules and regulations of of the lake. Um, some of the lakes, like Carl Blackwell, is not like it's owned by OSU. There's different rules, mm-hmm. and people need to know it. City lakes are different than state lakes. Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing. Don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, ignorance is no excuse. And <laughs> the game wardens are probably some of the toughest people out there. So um, I don't know that I ever got a warning from a game warden. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right um so i have two questions here but i'm gonna try to kind of roll them into one uh i was gonna ask you about you know the depth that you fish but we've talked about that a little bit um but how does that uh go or connect to the time of year like do you fish shallower in the summer and deeper in the winter or vice versa uh does or does that play a part in all at all
2: I think it has a even even winter summer. It, it's all about water temperature, mm-hmm. and because um, we've had some pretty mild winters where the water never got super cold, mm-hmm. um, probably too cold to swim in. But I think when the water's colder, uh, I think the fish are deeper. Um, well, I know they are. So and there's when it's nice and warm, um, they're in shallower spots. Like I said, up into the shallows, and you know catfish are. I'll touch on it again, catfish are not, the big ones are not in 100 feet of water, or the people who noodle would never be able to get them. Right. And so they're, sometimes they're in four to six feet of water. Um, they're just up in these holes, and you just got to dangle something out there for them to eat, and, and they'll grab it. So, so the temperature, or the the whether it's winter or summer, it's more about water temperature.
1: Hmm. Like it, and just to kind of reiterate, the the colder it is, the deeper you tend to fish.
2: I think, yes, I do. Um, but uh, and the warmer it is, the shallower. Mm-hmm. So, um, people there's people in Texas on with it fish, it doesn't make any difference how cold it is, how, mm-hmm. how windy it is, they're just prepared and they go out and and fish. Mm-hmm. We that's where we have three dealers, and that's where they're all they're all at Texoma. Mm.
1: Do you ever see a situation where you might be fishing, say, water that's twenty feet deep, but you're setting your hooks up at you know five feet, like some something like that?
2: You mean five feet off of the surface? Right. Yeah. No. 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 I, I don't ever fish that. Not out in. Uh, no. I, if the water's twenty foot deep, my hooks are going to be closer to the bottom. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Uh, well, we talked about boats a little bit earlier too, but, uh, uh, just, to, you know, lets people know, like you said, you know, one of the advantages to jug fishing is you don't have to have a crazy expensive boat. Um, yeah. what type of boat do you prefer for jugging?
2: Well, I, the best kind of boats that you can get for jug fishing is something that's very shallow and doesn't set up out of the water very far. So you could reach over and get the jugs. Mm-hmm. We just have a small 17 foot IO mm-hmm. because we don't. We have grandkids and mm-hmm. and they like to you know play in the water as well. So mm-hmm. it has to serve both purposes. Mm-hmm. Pontoon boats are very popular with jug fishermen mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because they can lay down mm-hmm. on, on the front, just reach over and grab the jugs. And both both my children have pontoon boats and they they run jugs out of them without any, any trouble. Mm-hmm. And pontoon boats seem to do better in rough water. So mm. gotcha.
1: Yeah, my dad, uh, he actually went to Louisiana and bought a, a boat from a guy that was, uh, you know, using it basically in the swamp, you know, it wasn't technically a swamp boat. It was just a fancy John boat, but it right. had, it had the floats on the back to kind of, you know, help with flotation and had little mm. bitty sides. And it was an awesome jug fishing boat, but we did, we did have a scary moment or two out on Texoma with that thing. Cause it's, mm. that's the disadvantage of having the short sides. And yes. so we, uh, yeah, we never got out in that deep water in that thing. So, um,
2: a, but a shallow boat like that is perfect. and mm-hmm. you go to some of these tournaments that they have, um, and you'll see a lot of people in those kind of boats, because they're not out there to impress anybody. They're mm-hmm. just they're out there to catch fish. Yeah. Unlike, unlike some of the other fishermen, mm-hmm. it's more of a status symbol to mm-hmm. uh, have a $90,000 boat run past you 60 miles an hour. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've always...
1: Yeah, but you know, the other cool thing is you could even buy a, you know, $600 little John boat and put a trolling motor on it and run jugs in it if you wanted to.
2: You certainly can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. I've seen people run them out of, uh, out of these kayaks mm-hmm. down at, uh, Thunderbird. So, um, yeah, you can run them out of anything. It's hard to do it from the bank, mm-hmm. but, um, unless you're waiting out there, but, uh, yeah, you can, you don't need a fancy boat. Mm-hmm. Not at all.
1: Alrighty. Uh you've touched on it off and on a few times, but uh if you wouldn't mind giving us just kind of a quick rundown of just the basic laws in Oklahoma. Uh number of hooks, number of jugs, that type of thing.
2: Um according to the Oklahoma laws, and I, I checked them before, um, you're allowed twenty jugs per person. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how some of these striker guides Can take 50 jugs with them out in the water because they have that many customers in a boat Mm -hmm. and you can have up to five hooks on the line um other than that and they don't they cannot the float cannot be metallic or glass it has to be basically plastic or styrofoam or something like this Mm -hmm. but um those are really the only regulations but um I've been told, and I, I can't find any information on it, that some lakes don't like braided line, um, mm-hmm. and people are getting to use braided line for, you know, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Other people don't like it because it'll get up inside the prop shaft mm-hmm. on your boat a lot easier than monofilament line will, because it's so small and it's very very strong. Mm-hmm. So I, some people like it and some people don't. I I don't have. Uh, write a line on anything. I don't my reels or my jugs or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, our jugs are, they have a hundred pound test line. So it's, it's heavy enough that you can pull pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be broken, but it's not easy.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there using like twine, um, or, you know, some kind of string like you'd buy at Walmart or whatever. Um, do you see any advantage or disadvantage to that as opposed to just, you know, heavy monofilament or something?
2: Well, in our case, if you use um, a nylon line similar to something like parachute cord or something yeah. like that, um, the groove on the side of the, the jug itself wouldn't hold 70 feet of line. Mm. So um, you'd be you, – you, it'd be a disadvantage because you wouldn't be able to put much line on it. Gotcha. But – um a lot of people, I mean, that's a common trot line uh, material. Mm-hmm. But um, in our case, the 100 the pound test line seems to be, you know, I always have people telling me what to change it to. And, you know, I've had them tell me I need to make the jugs two feet in diameter and all this kind <laughs> of stuff. But we'll, we'll just stick with our product the way we're doing it. Most, <laughs> you know, majority of our customers are satisfied with that. So. Yeah.
1: Good, good. Alright, uh, you also talked about this a little bit, but, uh, I just want to run back to it. Uh, the type, the best size fish to keep, you know, you mentioned people throwing back big fish, and, uh, I, I tend to agree with that too. We've eaten some big ones and just, just wasn't quite as good. Uh, I, I think you said earlier maybe two to twenty pounds or something like that. Yeah,
2: well, yeah, two, two to three pounds up to about twenty pounds is what most people will keep them. <clears> there <throat> are, excuse me. There are there are people who eat the great big ones, but um, most of what we catch at Carl Blackwell are three to five pounds, and they're just right to fillet and and uh, cook up.
1: Gotcha. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think uh, I don't think Oklahoma has a minimum requirement on catfish. Is that right?
2: On size, right? Yeah um Actually, I think they do, but I don't know what it is. I could, mm-hmm. you know, a person could Google it real easy right. under Obama laws. But I think yes, I think that it does have a, a minimum size. Okay. Uh, and I, they may have a amount in of how many you can catch per person. I mm-hmm. personally never had that problem, but yeah, uh, we, you know, but my wife and I. You know, when the ice chest is full, mm-hmm. we typically come home because we have mm-hmm. place else to put them. Yeah. And, and we, we've brought an ice chest home full many times. So. Yeah. Um, but.
1: Yeah, I think I've uh, read somewhere, it depends a little bit by lake, but I want to say some places are up to like 25 fish per person or something like that. So.
2: Right. I think that's right. Yeah.
1: Well, that's a pretty good day. <laughs> oh, yes,
2: for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. All right. Well, uh, I got one quick fun question that I'm going to surprise you with, but don't worry. It's not it's not too crazy. Uh, what's your favorite way to cook catfish? Are you just a traditional, you know, put them in the fryer or do you have a special recipe or something?
2: We deep fat fry everything. Uh-huh. Uh, we – my wife has three different uh, batters that she uses, and what we do, all the fish we catch throughout the summer, we eat – just a little bit of it we save the rest and we have a big fish fry for our family and friends mm. about september and we cook she has a beer batter that she uses and then she has a, a just a regular cornmeal batter and then she has a cornmeal that has cayenne pepper in it mm. and it's pretty much all gone when people <laughs> uh, are finished um but yeah we we deep fat fry everything i'm i'm from oklahoma and that's i thought that <laughs> I thought that was the way you ate everything.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Gotcha. I kinda had a feeling that would be your answer, but I just decided I'd ask, you know, just in case. So uh Well Paul, uh I think that's just about gonna do it for me. Um any other random things you can think of?
2: No. Not I think we covered it pretty well.
1: All right. Uh real quick before we shut it down, why don't you tell everybody, you know, where they can find you and how they can buy your products?
2: We have a website it's called www.okieflipper.com. We're on Facebook. And, of course, you can go on our website, and if you live in the Oklahoma City area, you can come by and pick them up at our house, and you don't have to pay for shipping. Um, we do have three dealers in the Texas area, or Tex- Texoma area. Bettis um, Farm and Garden, which is our biggest dealer, he buys between three and 400 jugs a year. Then we have a new new dealer at Tadpole Marine, which is in Mead, which is just right there by Texoma. And then we have one at Little Glasses. Um, those are the three dealers that we have. We don't have one up in the Northeast yet. Uh, we're working on that. But And then we're also getting things lined up so we can sell them on Amazon.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Well, like I said, I think that's about all I got. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Mhm. All right. Uh thank you Paul. I'll talk to you later.
2: Okay. Thank you again.